0: hey what's up everybody my name is travis van dusen there's my friend cameron singh today we're here we're chatting about uh this kind of this topic that we've been kind of discussing here for the last couple of minutes and we decided hey we want to take it live we're kind of we're discussing uh this idea this th- that have happened in both of our careers so far just kind of discussing the transition from the basically a solo contributor to becoming a manager of people going basically from being a, a an employee for a company to being responsible for a people group in a company and and, and we've we, we've been talking about how how challenging the challenging this has been for us over the last couple of years as we've we've gone from you know kind of being that frontline employee to being in uh, maybe like lower management now to kind of being in a stable position and middle management, general manager levels. And we're just discussing kind of all the things that happened when we went from that uh, responsible for ourselves to now being responsible for many. Cameron, what what was one of the things that you struggled with the most when you kind of made that transition from uh, that solar contributor to being a manager of people? Yeah, Travis. Well, the
1: biggest challenge was really trying to earn the trust from the team. Um, Yeah, I remember my first leadership role, I think I was around 21, 22 at the time. And you're really earning the trust of the team. You know, are you going to be there for the team? Are you just, you know, that typical millennial that wants to rise to the top, um, you know, within a short amount of time? Uh, that was really uh, the biggest challenge and to overcome that it was really being there for the team you know taking care of them i know we're going to talk about this later but really looking after them um and you know having experience on the, on the front line you know when i was that solo contributor trying to you know have that understanding of you know how i felt to be led and trying to make that change, um, you know, taking those actions, and you know, increasing engagement amongst the team, uh, really helped earn that trust.
0: Yeah, that's no doubt. I, I had my my uh, my first management experience was 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 a big challenge for me because one one of the things that I I did, I think that was a big challenge was. I transitioned into uh, the general manager position at the location that I was originally uh, a a frontline employee and a supervisor in, and eventually a a operations manager and the GM. So I had built relationships with all of these people and 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 over the period of the the years I was there people knew who I was so they knew what I knew and they knew what I didn't know as far as experience and when I when I finally got the job and you know now I'm sitting in the chair, i I had this very uh, this feeling I couldn't I couldn't fight it of believing that I had to be able to solve everyone's problems for every question I had to have an answer. And I would you know stress myself out um, uh, beyond imagine wanting to try to, you know, provide answers to things, I, I really could have just easily said, Hey, I don't know, or or I or I passed the uh or I passed it to someone else to provide that information. And it it took me about six months before I finally realized that, you know, my success was not going to come from memorizing the the manuals. It wasn't going to come from memorizing uh how equipment works. It was going to come from uh, building those relationships but also uh, being able to just know who has the information and who who do I need to go to 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 be able to uh, get the answers that I need that's what kind of separated all this up you know so so one of the biggest surprises that came for me was was realizing that number one my the people around me you almost always gave me grace as long as I was willing to be honest so when I began to transition more towards that, Honesty being kind of the key key piece. When I didn't know the answer, I wasn't ashamed. I just simply said, "I don't know," and and that kind of helped me build on that and 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 building relationships with my team. And and you know, ultimately it was it was a success. And, and you know, the rest is history, as they say.
1: Yeah, Travis. Another uh, challenge um, while you were talking just came to mind was uh, leading with confidence. I remember. Um, there's a mentor of mine when I was doing some leadership training for the organization I'm with um, mentioned you know you have to lead with confidence whether you know it or not you have to lead with confidence because if you're not confident when you're leading um, you know people are going to be uh, confident in your ability to lead Um, one of the things that I struggled with was yeah, you know, doing that that quick decision making making sure that decisions were being made uh, you know of you know trying to please everyone and of course you can't please everyone um you know try to please you know the you're always going to please maybe the 70 to 80 percent and you're always going to have that that 10 20 which which you may never please yeah. um but the biggest surprise was when you see the results from your decision making your actions Um, you know of course you you know it could lead to increasing engagement um, you know allowing the business to make more money um, developing other people you know seeing the results over time uh, you look back and when you see all the results of of things that you've done um, and had the ability to do uh, it's that's that's where it gets very very rewarding when you transition from that solo contributor to that um, first leadership role. Uh,
0: yeah, you know, as as we're kind of just thinking about this whole whole thing about being new to management, is is one of the things that I, I really had no idea that it was going to be such a struggle for me was actually learning to to manage my stress. Um, you know, both of us come from an aviation background, which we know is a, is a nonstop constant. It doesn't doesn't take a holiday. It doesn't take breaks. It's day and night. Uh, and, and I can just remember about almost about seven or eight months into my 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 career as a general manager. I had gotten a phone call about three or four o'clock in the morning on the weekend. And, and I just and. I solved the problem and, and I went back to bed and, and I just remember I began to start shaking out of control and I was literally having a panic attack. And what I realized, though, is, is as I, I really took some time to reflect on that time. And what I realized was, number one, I was trying to be everything to everybody, which is which is something that a new new manager or leaders guilty of. We, we try to be everybody's solution. And I was forgetting that I was. I'm just one person and ultimately I'm I'm just not that good. You know, I'm just not going to be that good, you know. Um I I heard John Maxwell recently say, you know, he says that, you know, if you think you're you're so good that you have to be present in all things at all times, that you're that key to making things function, then you have you have overestimated your value to your to your company, your organization or whatever you're doing. Uh-huh. You know, you're you're important, but you're not everything. So, I had to learn to to be able to you know hand off things and have confidence in other people around me, because it can't be done alone. But naturally, almost every manager I, I've worked with, when they're new, they they go into that superhero mode, and it's just a matter of time before um, they kind of had that they hit that first brick wall and and they just come crumbling apart, and then that's when. Uh, we start getting we finally get to be put back together the way that we're supposed to be,
1: yeah, you know Travis, you know as we're in the aviation environment, you know some some of our operations are twenty four seven and you know i I ended up getting burnt out because i was I was under the impression if I wasn't at work, you know I didn't know what was happening, and that's because I wasn't trusting the people that I was leading, um uh, so I really had to um. Learn very quickly after i burnt out is you know how am i going to change things uh and i'm so glad you know of course when you transition first to that that first leadership role you're gonna make a lot of mistakes and i'm so glad i've made the mistakes that i did way back when in that first you know early leadership role uh, because now i've learned from that and i do Things to make sure I don't make those mistakes again. Um, to of course help you become a, a a better leader.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So to kind of kind of transition the conversation, you know, one one of the things that I I realized when I uh, first became a manager and I was kind of shifting away from, I was a you know a good really good uh, so- solo contributor to my com- the company. You know, I was. I was always where I needed to be. I always exceeded expectations. I was always, you know, kind of the go-to guy for my supervisors, my managers. I was, I was somebody that you know the the company liked. But when I transitioned from from that kind of just worrying about myself to suddenly I I was thrust into like a supervisor position, I, I I quickly realized that all the things I did really really well as a solo, solo contributor, no longer were an effective uh, thing for me as a, as a manager of people. Everything, everything had shifted because suddenly I, I, it's not a, how hard can I hustle personally and work to, to keep caught up. It was about how well can I manage this group of people to get them to hustle and to, and to produce good work. And, and that's a huge shift when you're when you're going from, you know, kind of just worried about yourself to 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 go into managing people for the first time. And sometimes that doesn't work out very well for some people.
1: Yeah, you're right, Travis. Um, I remember. I remember, um, you know, when I was that solo contributor, you know, providing feedback to the manager, you know, how, you know, I do bounce off ideas on how you can make the place better and um, you know having the ability to make changes and take action and you have the power to, to, to do the things that you saw when you were at that solo contributor level um, to uh, lead your team better.
0: No, I think that what you said is so key, because it, as we transition, and like like we were, me, me and you were discussing earlier, you know, uh, one of the values of us still being, you know, kind of young in leadership, young in management, and only having, you know, you know, maybe five or six, seven years in, in the management space, is that we can still remember what it was like to be on the on the uh, other side of, of the, the manager or of, on the other side of the supervisor, and we can remember those kind of those fears and stuff that come with with those transitions where somebody who's been managing people for thirty years, they've kind of lost that emotion that come from that come from that time period. But the, the value that we have in being able to constantly reflect back to remember what it was like to be on the other side of the table. Uh, will often help me lead better because I remember what it was like to 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 want to argue for more money. You know, I always I remember what it was like to to feel like I was being wronged or oh. I, I, I didn't have the right schedule. So therefore, I, I, I wanted better. So therefore, as a manager, sometimes your 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 hands are tied or, or, or the situation is just it is what it is. Um. It's very good to be able to constantly reflect back to those moments of remembering. I can remember when this happened to me. How did I feel? And how can I try to make this situation a little bit better than the ma- my manager did when it happened to me? That will go, it's just, it's a major thing we can take advantage of as long as we're willing to con- be in a consistent uh, kind of state of reflection when, when it comes to those kinds of things
1: yeah and one of the things that um I ah, lost my train of thought what what did he say? hold on
0: <laughs> no I, so we were, we were just talking about how basically you know being able to constantly reflect back to uh you know what it was what, how how we remember when we were you know a fueler or or a customer service agent, and we were the one being managed right. on a daily basis. You know, now we're the ones be managing the pe- managing the people, being able to sit, you know, kind of virtu- kind of visualizing ourselves sitting on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. We we can handle our conversations better, simply because we we were we were able to we've been on the other side of that situation.
1: Right, and you know, when you're a solo contributor, uh, of course, we want to strive to achieve for success. You know impress our managers you know hustle as much as you can to make sure you 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 stay at the top and excel in in your in your job but what when you transition to that first leadership role it's um so important to stay focused on the team i remember way back when that was my first and foremost focus was on the team and keeping that focus on the team rather than, you know, the results, you're trying to impress their boss. Of course, we all want to impress our boss and our company that we work for. Um, but that starts from the people that you're leading. Uh, if you're not looking after them, if you are not um, caring for them, if you're just there to move on to the, to the next leadership role, um, it's, it's going to be known and it's going to be seen with your team. Then it's eventually going to um that's where you're going to fall short as a leader.
0: Yeah, I mean so so one of the things I have to always be reminding myself because we we I I have a we all have I think all managers have this tendency of being so laser focused on the finances, the numbers, the performance, the you know, customer service surveys, whatever that may be. We get so locked in on to the metrics as we like, you know, as we talk in aviation, we're so locked on those metrics that we forget that, you know, our biggest, you know, our biggest uh, value in our company is not the, the the product per se that we're selling or the product that we're, we're providing, but it's the people who are doing the work. And, and, and you know, we can we can go to work daily and we can put in 10 hour days, 12 hour days working to, to make our companies better and provide value. But at the end of the day, if if we don't have our teams actually out there on the front line, producing good work, you know, and, and, you know, being, being reliable and getting things done, you know, we're not, we're kind of a non-factor. It doesn't, I often said, you know, if you don't have, you know, that support structure at some level, it really doesn't matter how good of a manager you are mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you don't have the manpower and, and the uh, and the people with, with the right spirit and the right motivation, you know, out there with you to kind of push through.
1: Right. And the way I see it, Travis, it's, it's really not, of course, you know, when we seek promotion into leadership, um, you know, we get interviewed by HR and have these things. Um, but it's really the people that you work with are the ones actually promoting you in, into your into your leadership role. It's they're the ones um, helping you, they're challenging you. Um, they're the ones that are gonna help uh, your success in leadership and your overall career. I um, you know Marcus Lomonas, uh, uh, from cNBC, he has a prophet. He has his leadership philosophy called, um, the three P's: people, product, people, process, product. And the first thing is the people. Taking care of the people and making sure you have the right people in the right place.
0: Yeah, I think if you if you fix the people problem, you know, you you fix almost all your problems, right? So I mean, you when you align that first. But but the the thing that we we get guilty of as, as managers is as, as people because. We're we're having to absorb a especially as kind of that middle manager, right? You're having to absorb a certain level of of communication from you know from the corporate office that is pounding you on numbers and and data points, and you know this is what the performance says, this is what the you know the customers saying at the corporate level, and you're you're kind of building all the you're you're kind of getting hit from all angles. And what I've often said as is when you become a manager, especially when you become kind of the the senior manager in a location or wherever you're at, you're you're the you're the the point person, that your ultimate responsibility, and this is something that I had to learn as a young manager, was that I had to take all this information in, and then I had to decipher it down. I hope this makes sense, but I, I had to decipher it down to a level. That was that was palatable. That was that was a, it was in small enough doses that my my team could actually handle it. Oh. So if if you know if the company is having major crackdowns on on, on certain financial pieces, or, or or if you know there's there's different initiatives going on in the company, you know just because you know that, just because you have a responsibility to that. Does not mean that you have to go and, and and overwhelm your team with that. So as that senior manager, you have to make a decision. Is this something that needs to be brought forward to the remainder of my team? Or is this something that I'm filtering and I'm bearing the burden for the whole team for? Because I need my teammates to be to, to remain focused on their task of, of kind of taking care of the daily, the daily grind and not be worried about uh the things going on behind the scenes with the customers and with corporate office.
1: Right. Um, You know, one of the things that I just thought of Travis was, you know, it's, it's great to transition to that, um, you know, solo contributor to manager, but you know, one of the things that, that I still struggle with is, you know, there's, because we're both so young and in, in, in our, um, leadership roles, you know, there may be some animosity with, with other tenured, um, individuals in and out of the organization. It could be friends. It could be, uh, how, how did you uh, deal with that? Cause that, that was something that I still struggle with today.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when I first became the, the GM, I was a manager before, but when I was a GM, of a location, you know, I can remember in particular. I was I was 24 years old, and and I had a I had a maintenance manager that was uh like his 60s, and had like 40 40 plus years in aviation, and could literally run rings around me with like the amount of information he knew. Um, so obviously there was a little bit of animosity in the beginning. Um, he had developed his own opinion simply off age and not having all those years of experience but uh the way i actively won him over is is that i always kept him in the know of what was going on he was a manager and uh he was in you know he was knowledgeable so i i kept him in the know of what was going on around you know at our location and in the company so i he felt involved which kept him happy and then also, I, I made sure if anything ever affected his, his sphere of work, I was super intentional about um, making sure that he was involved in that decision making. Now, his decision, his, his specific decision may not be the one that wins the day, but he was part of it. And, you know, he, he got to say his piece and, you know, 90% of the time we went in his direction anyhow, because it, that was his kind of his area of expertise with maintenance. But I think the thing that often happens with a young leader that clashes with kind of a tenured leader or a tenured employee is that uh, the younger employee maybe feels threatened just the same way as the older employee feels threatened. So therefore, instead of Trying to reach across and, and work together and kind of join forces to kind of eliminate the conflict, uh, they tend to kind of each go to their own corner and wait to see what the other person is going to do. So often, you know, I, I can remember one of the locations I went into. I, I was very clear. I, I walked into that that person's office and I said, "Look, you know, I, I know you've got all this experience." I know you're probably a little bit, you know, concerned about you know me coming in as your manager, but I want you to know, um, I value value your experience, and I'm going to be leaning on you to to help me. And almost every time that that has that has won them over to a certain point, until I can then get into the job and show them, hey, you know, I I can I know what I'm doing, you know, I have a plan. And we and once we get moving, usually you can win, win them completely over.
1: Right. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we have a, you know, I was, where you fall in the millennial bracket? Um, we have a different way of seeing things than uh, maybe tenured leaders, um, and maybe the, uh, you know, the Gen X, the baby boomer. But really laying it out, you know, what you want to do, and then seeing the results and showing the results of what you've done. It could be financially, it could be customer service, it could be safety, showing those metrics that, yeah, we are we are seeing uh, results because of X, Y, and Z uh, really helps to build that trust with others, others that are more tenured or where it took, the, it, you know, those people might have taken them, you know, 10, 20 years to get, to where we are today um you know we just did in a few years so really um you know not uh, diminishing their experience and their you know what they went through but valuing it valuing their experience and then matching it with um what you have to offer um
0: yeah, I, I love the story of of Abraham Lincoln when it comes to talking about because you know in in uh, in in the book you know uh, one of the books I've read on on, on Lincoln um, that he, they talk he talked about how he basically built this uh, his cabinet of of uh, you know his his representative the people who helped him operate his government but his all of his cabinet were were basically rivals to him. None of them were real, not all of them were 100% in alignment with his philosophy on how the government should work, and and what he what it says you know it's actually the book uh, Team of Rivals, um, it's a great book if you got anyone hasn't read it but um, but he talks about how what he would do is he would allow everyone into the room, and he they would have this fiery discussion I mean very aggressive. And even him as the president of the United States, he gave his cabinet members permission to debate him aggressively in the agreement that at the end of the conversation that he was going to make the decision and then everybody was going to be unitedly moving forward. And, uh-huh. and, it, and it was because they knew that he was willing to quietly listen to their side of the story and and truly try to get the best in, best you know information from them, that they were willing to then follow along with him afterwards, you know. And, and I, th- I say all that to come back to this, you know, people tend to follow you. They they they'll tend to play along with the situation and play play nice, so to speak, play fair with you if they if they can see that hey, that, that that you hey they value my opinion and they're willing to listen to me. Mm-hmm. That goes a really long ways, and especially that kind of relationship where you've got somebody who's super tenured and someone who's kind of still green around green around the ears. Yeah,
1: and you're always going to have that, you know, people that are envious of of where we are in in our um, career. But one thing I've always done, Travis, is you know keeping a good inner circle that encourages you. Right, that doesn't bring you down. That they encourage you, they challenge you, they help you get better. Uh, you know, I I have that that inner circle of people that I call on, both in and out of the organization I work for. Um, you know, if if I need advice on something, or you know, I'm struggling in an area, um, and then blocking out all that animosity and people that are jealous or envious of of you, um, because that's just gonna, you know, bog you down and you're going to get tired of burning yourself out if you stress out on that.
0: Yeah, I think I think you can't get lost in that that whole, you know, jealousy, that whole area too too much. Um, I tend to try to just almost I've at this point in my career, I've gotten to a point where I can almost ignore it. It doesn't bother me anymore. Um, but, you know, there there's definitely something to be said for that, that that leader, that manager who who maybe you know maybe you're you, you've applied for that supervisor position and three other people at the same office or the same you know you know location have applied and you you get the job and they don't mm-hmm. there's gonna be some animosity there to uh, to kind of fight through but luckily once you reach a certain level of management that tends to go away because you you tend to arrive at a new location and then there's no There's no conversation of you being, you know, you passing someone else over, uh, so to speak. So that's extremely important. So, Cameron, when we when we talk about obviously, you know, we're both both young, both uh, fairly successful uh, so far in our careers, you know, got a long ways to go. What would you say is kind of that one thing that has set you apart in your making you successful, you know, at, at your age?
1: Mm, I think it's, it's, I think we talked about this in a previous episode was learning from people that are ahead of you. Um, like last night, you know, I was just got back from, um, the East coast and, you know, I was the youngest person at the table. It was, uh, you know, dinner with, you know, there were people higher, at higher levels within the organization, and I love being the youngest person at the table because I love asking questions, you know, what do you think about this, um, you know, what advice do you have for me, you know, what is a, a struggle that you're going through right now in your role, and just picking their brain, and and I learn, I learn from that a lot. Um, I love I, I love always being the youngest person at the table. That's my most favorite thing. Um, and I really don't like uh, learning from people around our age because you know people are at different levels within their career, and I feel like just learning from people that are older and more more tenured uh, helps you become a, a better leader.
0: Yeah, and, I, and if I and if I can add something because I think there's something to be said there, and, and I'm going to go there too because I think one of the things that millennials we are guilty of. Is is that, and not all of us, right? Because I mean, I'm not I'm not going to blanket everybody in this statement, but I've seen enough of it to, to to say that I believe that it's fairly accurate that a lot of millennials are are kind of going out into the world, and they have possessed this mindset. I don't know if it's from from their upbringing or, or what it is, but they've possessed this mindset that they don't really need somebody to teach them how to do anything. They don't need that mentor. They don't need to ask those questions. But there is so much value in in sitting down with, you know, a a seasoned general manager who's been doing this for 30 years and has seen every stinking uh, problem other than COVID. Now, obviously, that's the only thing they've probably never seen. Um, You know, they've seen all these questions and just ask questions and and seek uh, seek understanding. You know, there's people that I call uh, on a monthly basis that I haven't worked with in the same company or organization for five years. But it's because what they have to say will ultimately uh, appear in my in my life or in my career uh, one year, two years, five years down the road. I've seen it already where things have popped up on my radar problems. That could have been like a huge, huge, huge problem for me, but because I had had a conversation once upon a time, you know, down in you know, maybe you know Tampa, Florida, or West West Palm Beach, or down in Fort Lauderdale, sitting around you know an old GM's GM's desk, having a cup of coffee and letting him talk to me, I already knew immediately what was the answer to that problem. I didn't have I didn't have to worry. I knew what to do but it's
1: because I asked the question. Yeah, yeah. Have, it's, being open to mentorship is so important because I remember when I first transitioned to that first leadership role, my attitude was pretty much like, I can do this on my own. No need to ask questions. Um, of course, they, the company trusts me to be in that that position. Uh, I, I can solve my own problems, but really you can't. It's It's... Seeking that mentorship, whether it's it's uh, within your organization or even some some mentors outside your organization, to provide that those fresh perspectives, um, and leaning on 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 their their knowledge, um, which adds to your own knowledge.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things I I always say is this: is you know, I will talk through things with my peers, so so managers who have been in this arena like like me and you Cameron we will talk we'll talk through things and and often we, we we may arrive at an answer but if I'm going to sit down and say let's have a mentoring session I'm going to go find you know uh some you know some of my you know relationships that hey he's been you know he's been in the industry for 30 plus years he's seen the ups and the downs of the industry he's seen difficult employees and great employees he's he's seen you know uh, CEOs that, you know, run lean, lean uh, companies. And he's seen, you know, ones that run, you know, kind of more of a kind of a more of a abundant <laughs> mindset company. All those things that's going, it's only going to come from someone who's actually physically done it. You can't get that from somebody who, who hasn't done it, or it's only heard about it. So that value in listening to people who have more uh, more experience is, is key. You know, for for me, I think one of the things that kind of made me um, successful was number one, I, I was I'm really had a, sh- a strength in relation relationship building. Everybody I, I come in contact with, even though I'm kind of a naturally an introvert, I don't naturally, you know, run around talking to everybody. It's not my natural kind of tendencies. But when I build relationships with people, I, I do my best to maintain contact with, with people. Even if I've only met a person a couple of times, you know, I try to do my best to, to keep in contact with people, understanding that relationships are gonna be the thing that is going to uh, help me move forward. Uh, a couple of years ago, I got laid off from a job um, due to due to major cutbacks in the industry, and the only reason I was able to get back to work as quickly as I was was because I had multiple contacts to make. I was able to make phone calls and get and jump right back into uh, back into the game. But it was not what if it, if I lacked those relationships, it didn't matter. So you know those that is what I believe is key. So I mm-hmm. mean I think that's huge.
1: Yeah, and you make a good point on that, Travis. Building relationships is so important, uh, not just with your team, but you know, people just getting those connections. Uh, I had a conversation with, with someone that I, I recently met at, at uh, an event this past week. And uh, within the company that, that I'm with, uh, j- just met him. And it was after work. And didn't really know him so it was kind of awkward at first and you mentioned he went out to dinner with his son and you know so i asked you know know, what's what's the deal you know is he married or whatever but just getting down and and being interested about this person's personal life really strengthened that relationship and you know we developed a, a it's someone that I'll remember. Oh, okay, I met this person at the conference. That goes a long way, and that's so important for us to do. Um, for us to do at our levels is is building those relationships with our team members, uh, and getting to know you know who's their wife, who's their dog, who's their you know significant other. You know what do they do outside of work? They play golf, sports. Um, it goes a long way.
0: No, you're right. I mean, j- just like today. I called, I called one of my contacts, and he, he's actually somebody I currently work with, and I mean, in, in the aviation industry. And uh, I called them not to ask aviation, but to ask for some investment advice. Mm-hmm. So, so if I didn't know that person um, outside of their direct job in aviation, I would have never been able to tap into that knowledge that they have or the connections that they have with family members. Mm-hmm. To get the advice to know, okay, hey, you know, this is how I should, this is what I should be looking at as far as investments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, and so, so don't be surprised when a relationship that you thought maybe would help you here, maybe later off actually helps you in a completely different way down the road, doing something completely different. So we just continuously building those relationships, I think is going to be key. So, Cameron, I think we we are, we have uh, kind of been going here for a little bit, so let's wrap up this session, and then uh, we guys will catch we'll catch you guys in a, uh, a future session. We'll probably continue a uh, similar conversation about management and kind of understanding as a young leader. So, if you you are you know someone who is kind of young in their um, in their management or desires to want to get into management, you know, please share this uh, these videos, and we appreciate you guys, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks.